Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. You can live stream us, LarryKudlowShow.com. All around the world, dial us up during the week. Fox Business, name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day. We're going to talk some money and politics with Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, Hill, columnist, and Steve Moore, Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and his book is Govzilla. How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. Welcome to both of you. So, kids, I had a great session today with Dan Clifton, whom you know from Strategus, Jason Trenner's shop. And um, he was very spot on talking about, quote unquote, the upcoming energy election. I love that energy election. This election is going to be about energy or the lack thereof and the high prices at the pump and elsewhere. And the Democrats are the ideological party and the rest of the country, probably outside the White House, but the Democrats are the ideological party, the climate change, the anti-fossil fuel party, the no new leases, no new lease sales onshore or offshore. Uh, we'd rather have Iranian oil than Canadian oil. Huh? Really? Uh, and of course, what are we going to do about the Russian oil coming in here, financing his military machine? The energy election. I go to you, Liz Peak. I think that the Clifton is right on target. And I think most Americans, Liz, are pretty pragmatic. They're pretty common sense. And they know an ideological zealot extremism when they see one and they're going to reject it. Yeah, I, I actually think that's exactly right. Uh, polling shows about 80 percent of the country thinks that importing oil from Russia right now is brainless. Right. Uh, and it certainly is. It's not a huge amount of our imports, but we should not be. It's enough that we're spending uh, sending Vladimir Putin 80, 90 million dollars a day to fund his war machine. I mean, how heinous is that? How stupid. Even Nancy Pelosi came out and said mm-hmm. we shouldn't be doing that. So I'm proud yeah, of her. I think, I'm really proud of her. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but how, how can you argue otherwise? I mean, so I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. No, I mean, it's so completely crazy. So I think there are two issues. One is people uh, who don't follow this quite so closely are just going to be very unhappy that gasoline at the pump is as high as it is. I mean, my guess is it's not going to come down anytime soon, no matter what they do with Iran. Iran's oil exports probably by year end will be up to maybe half a million barrels a day, maybe a million barrels a day. But it's only going to offset some of what Russia has lost because Russia exports are going down. Uh, so I think, I think high gasoline prices are here to stay. That's going to be a big problem in terms of inflation and, and uh, voter sentiment. But also, I just think this 
obsession with climate to have John Kerry react to the war in Ukraine as innocent civilians are being pounded to death by Russian bombs, being concerned about the emissions that Mm. the military offensive are creating. I don't know about you, but that was like one of the moments where I just wanted to hit the wall. I mean, Mm. I, I just could not believe anyone would be so brain dead. And by the way, we now have a big country. Americans don't realize how incredibly determined Germany has been uh, in their green energy deal, which, by the way, was exactly the template for our Green New Deal. This is a thunderbolt to have this country do a U-turn on climate policies, and they've done that. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. I agree. I'm just, uh, I just pulled up AAA national average gas prices for regular is $3.92. Three dollars and ninety-two cents, and I'm looking at this. You got, of course, the crazies. Let's see, the West Coast is it um, actually is moving up towards five dollars, and parts of New York, four to five dollars in the Northeast, four to five dollars, three ninety-two. So, Steve Moore, all of the climate warming uh, zealots, the ideologues, the crazies. Um, they're all stuck in the Democratic Party, and it's all in the White House, too. The White House is the only place in America that doesn't want to cut off Russian uh, oil imports. It's the the only place in America right now. Um, But, Steve Moore, this is big stuff. And the Democrats are not going to crawl out of this. I mean, we talk about taxes and regulations and overspending and so forth. But this one, energy, okay, gasoline, et cetera, this is big uh, right, uh, and, and I've been saying probably since the last for the last the last five, six, seven, eight years. Uh, I wrote a book with uh, Kathleen uh, uh, Townsend about how the um, the uh, called fueling freedom about the the mm-hmm. shale revolution, which really changed everything overnight. You know, America went from being an uh, an oil and gas um, importer of, of huge magnitudes to having the most oil and gas in the world. By the way, Elon, even Elon Musk is now yeah. in favor of oil. <laughs> yeah. With I Nancy mean, Pelosi. I'm proud of With Elon Nancy Musk. Pelosi. I'm proud of both of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he said, and he said it very well. He said, "Look, I, I think the future is, is you know, batteries." And uh, but he said, "We're not, we're not there yet. We're going to need oil and gas for the next, you know, five or ten years." And so, uh, good for him. Uh, and I'm going to make one other quick point. I, I just think that the climate change issue has become an albatross around the neck of the Democratic Party. Yeah. I do not understand why none of these people will break from this crazy idea, this lunatic idea that somehow the same people who can't control the border, they can't control crime, they can't balance the budget, they can't fix our roads and bridges, they're going to change the temperature of the planet? I mean, does anybody really believe this nonsense? <laughs> I mean, really. So, um, and, you know, but they are going to and they're also going to you know, stop the rise of the oceans. Uh, nobody really believes that except for these zealots. And, and they're going to pay a high price for this. Uh, the other thing I would say is we have I just looked at the numbers. Larry. We have 500 years worth of coal. We have about 300 years worth of natural gas. We have 150 years of oil with existing technology and the technology gets better all the time. Uh, we're not running out of this stuff. There's no reason we shouldn't be using it. The United States has cut our – we are the cleanest country in the world in terms of our environmental standards. The idea that we would not produce the oil and gas here and import it from places like Russia, which have no environmental yeah. standards whatsoever, makes the environment worse. By the way, the ice is building in Greenland. 
They had been. Well, the ice had been melting. Joe Biden is making a difference. He's only been president for a year. <laughs> they, no, it's, it's a cooling. It's a freezing trend. They had been no. melting. The ice is building in <laughs> Greenland. But Liz, I mean, politically, politically, uh, this is probably going to be issue number one because it's not going to change. You know, the, the sanctions on Russia, I reckon the Congress is going to sanction Russian oil imports. I, I reckon they will. Biden says he's going to veto it. That'll make his position even worse. But you're not going to have, I mean, the Ukraine war is going to go on and on and on. Russia's probably going to, they're going to win, but I don't know what winning means because the, you know, the, the, the freedom fighters in Ukraine are going to continue. And so the sanctions are going to continue and oil prices are going to either stay high or go even higher. And people are going to vote against that. They're just going to vote against all of that because the simple solution is for us to produce more. And we know we can. We yeah, know I, we I, can. I think that that's kind of the amazing thing is this is not something that's out of reach or even exorbitantly expensive. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden, to, <clears throat> excuse me, tomorrow should convene big and small oil companies in his Oval Office and say the the reins are off. Go at it. Whatever right. you need, we right. will provide it. And by the way, there was a pretty good article in the uh, journal by two people uh, um, from Eskimos from Alaska talking about Alaskan oil. And this has been something that really has been sort of ignored uh, in recent months and, and years even. But taking Alaskan oil, where we have billions of barrels of production mm-hmm. available to come through an existing pipeline already built, uh, it, it's just madness. But I agree with you. This is not going anywhere. Uh, and by the way, it, it's uh, energy prices, oil prices seeps into everything. It seeps into plastics and it right. seeps into fertilizers. And we are seeing not only um, oil prices go up because of the Ukraine invasion, but, you know, wheat. I was watching commodities two days ago. Wheat went up 7% in one day. I mean, mm. this is this is alarming, and I think it's not going to go anywhere. In terms of the outcome of this invasion, it's a little bit like the dog chasing the car. Once he catches it, then what? I mean, if, in fact, uh, Russian forces take many uh, Ukrainian cities, declare victory, then what? They have yeah. to occupy that country. Their economy is in shambles. One thing, Larry, I'm interested in you and Steve addressing is the propaganda war. We've heard uh, journalists are leaving Russia in droves because of the new law, which makes it a, a punishable offense by prison, to, if you call it a war, all kinds of draconian measures in that new law. The question is, are we blanketing, are we fighting the propaganda war in Russia? Because I think that's extremely important right now. The only, no one's, I don't think anyone's going to get rid of Putin via assassination, but in terms of a popular revolt, we need to be flooding Russia with the reality of what's going on in Ukraine because people there do not know about it. Well, Elon, oh, by the I'm way, looking... there's a new poll, Larry, that just came out um, Friday, yesterday, that uh, which was really pretty eye-opening. It found 62% of Americans do not believe that uh, Putin would have uh, invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump were president. Mm. And oh. to a point oh. you make every day um, on your TV show and on this radio show, which is quoting Reagan, that weakness is provocative. Right. And, you know, every, everybody knows that this happened because Biden's weak and we have a weak president and we're paying a high price for the 
catastrophe of Afghanistan. But the reason that you're not, I mean, obviously, Liz, you're absolutely correct. That's what Trump, I mean, Biden should do. He should he should go say we're all in produce American oil and gas. But can you imagine him calling in the oil and gas uh, company executive, the same people who he said he wants to bankrupt just two months ago? (laughs) Open the spigots, open the spigots, full throttle ahead, and he won't do it. He won't do it. Larry, the but, other thing was we need to we need to start calling it the Russia blood oil because ooh, that's what it is. Ooh, uh, Liz, I'm looking at uh, Elon Musk. Important mm-hmm. warning: Starlink is the only non-Russian communication system yeah. still working in some parts of Ukraine. Um, they can't stop it. They can't stop Starlink. That's what no, he but says. they can target it, and that's what that's what his warning was. Uh, if you are using a Starlink. Acts, uh, um, oh, access right. to the internet and, and right. to communicate, they can find you. And I think he was very right to issue that warning because God knows he doesn't want to be. He's, I mean, frankly, what is our government doing to improve communications and the news getting out of Ukraine or, again, the propaganda war in Russia? I don't hear anything about that. Thank heavens Elon Musk has done this because at least then they can communicate in terms mm-hmm. of where the Russian invaders are. Uh, in terms of what kind of safety measures people should be taking. Otherwise, I think Ukraine is really blacked out right now. He says um, some governments had asked SpaceX to block Russian state media on its Starlink Internet satellites, but said we will not do so unless it's gunpoint. You know what the secret uh, the secret strategy on the Biden White House here is to do a nuclear deal with Iran? Yeah. That's their secret strategy. It's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant strategy. That is probably uh, maybe the worst national security blunder <laughs> in history. I mean, and they're going to justify if the, if they do this, uh, they're going to justify it by saying that'll that'll loosen up Iranian oil, which yeah. is exactly <laughs> what we don't want with Iran. Yeah. But I mean, that's how crazy this is. So it, we, we'll. We're happier with Russian oil imports and Iranian imports, but we don't want Canadian imports. So we're not going to do well, the XL even, or anything else. It's worse, it's worse than that. They don't even want oil from Texas. It's better for the world if we get our oil from Tehran than Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really um, – Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. I mean, th- this is all macabre. This is gallows humor, mm-hmm. but you can't help it. We got Liz Peak, Fox News, and The Hill. Steve Moore, Freedom Works, and Committee to Unlodge Prosperity. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back after a quick break. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're talking money and politics with Liz Peake and Steve Moore. By the way, um, Zelensky spoke to the senators. If you had started sanctions months ago, Liz, there would not have been war. Just laid it right out there. And you know what? He's right. He's right. Come on. He's right. And then and then Biden had the temerity to say the sanctions were were never meant to deter war. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's just one of the stupid, stupid falsehood things that Biden has done. But here's what that's what Zelensky said. I mean, we all said it. They should have put the sanctions on months and months ago, as soon as the troops showed up on the east side of Ukraine. 
and they didn't. And then what's happened has happened. But he said that, quote, if you had started sanctions months ago, there would not have been war, he said. Well, and, so- and Larry, here's what we absolutely know for a fact. Putting them on after the fact had no impact whatsoever. It right. did not deter uh, further invasions. It didn't mean that Putin sort of throttled his war machine and, and go slower. Uh, it, would it have helped to do it beforehand? I think perhaps it would have. We don't know, but we know it sure as heck didn't make any difference after the fact. That's right. That's exactly right. Steve Moore, different subject. Um, Rick Scott versus Mitch McConnell. Rick Scott mm. wants a positive agenda, 10, 11 points. Mitch McConnell doesn't want a positive agenda. There's kind of a warfare. It's very unseemly, but there you have it. Um, what do you make of that? Well, I think they're both right. I mean, obviously, um, this election should be the, as you just said, the energy election. So it should be all about the incredible mistakes that that Biden has made on every issue, whether it's the border, whether it's crime, whether it's the deficit, whether it's gas prices, whether it's our foreign policy. I mean, it's hard. I'm hard pressed to think even more than one or two things that Biden has done right. So it should. We do want this election to be a referendum on Biden and the Democrats. But I also think. Uh, you know, that it makes sense for Republicans to have a positive agenda as well. So let's do both. Um, Let's talk about making the, uh, you know, Trump tax cuts permanent. Let's talk about school choice. I think the moment is so ripe for these kinds of issues. Let's talk about, you know, auditing every federal agency to find where the waste is in our government. Uh, Let's talk about health savings accounts and health care transparency. So can we do both? Yeah, we can do both. I just would like to see those guys agree yeah. that we can do both. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Kevin, both, you, know. you know, Kevin McCarthy was on the show uh, the day after the State of the Union. The Republicans are preparing a positive agenda. Now, of course, everyone is attacking big government socialism. And, of course, Biden tried to, you know, he did BBB in the State of the Union without calling it BBB. But he recommended all of his goofy social spending programs. And he has no plan for inflation. But, Liz, I think you have to have a positive future agenda. So the cavalry is coming. The GOP should take both houses. And then the question is, what will they do? And I think, at least in general terms, they should show the public what they'll do. I I think we do need a positive agenda. I was rather unhappy uh, after Biden made some speech recently, not the State of the Union, but before that, and he kept saying uh, his new mantra about how Republicans stand for nothing. What do they yeah. want? Remember, he mm-hmm. was like, well, what are they after? And then Mitch McConnell was on Fox News the next day, and he couldn't articulate four things that were for. I mean, I don't think it's very hard. We're, we're for safe streets and safety, and we're for a secure border, and we're stable prices, uh, and, and parents being involved in their kids' education. I mean, these are simple things, and I think – Mitch McConnell is a very canny politician. He must think that the animus towards the Biden White House is so drastic right now, Republicans shouldn't muddy the waters. Just let the public have their say about how unhappy they are with the Biden White House. I think that must be his reckoning. But I think that's shallow. And I think, look, if COVID uh, over the next three or four months kind of disappears from our lives, that'll give Biden a boost. Uh, I don't know what else is going to get fine a boost, come to think of it. But if he has any other wins, you know, you, you just can't really predict these things. And, and my point would be, this is not hard. This is not rocket science. We know what voters are concerned about. Let's have some answers, because right now the Biden administration has none. Yeah, I mean, Steve, you're right. They should have both. But they're not having both. They're, what they're having is a public dispute. 
And I don't th- I don't but, think that's a good thing. There is interesting. They had a series of votes uh, in the last couple of days in the Senate that got completely overshadowed by obviously what's happened in Ukraine, where uh, one of my new favorite senators is Senator Marshall from yeah. uh, Kansas. I yeah. don't know if you had him. On I just he's had him on last night. This last love night. the guy. Love the guy. And he's he's forced these tough votes uh, on basically saying, like, let's let's lift all these mandates and let's lift all the, you know, the crazy mm-hmm. uh, requirements under under uh, covid because it's now in a retreat. And it was really I mean, it was a very strategic vote because virtually every Republican, I think every Republican voted to get rid of the mandates and virtually every Democrat voted to keep them. OK, mm-hmm. well, let's have a, you know, an, a, a referendum on these things. People are sick of it. They want to be freed up. I'm in I'm in Florida right now, Larry. And, you know, it is just it's a free state. You know, nobody's running around with masks on and, and people are getting on with their business. And it's that's the way it's been for the last year or so. Uh, so, um, yeah, those are the kinds of issues Republicans run a freedom agenda. Freedom. They, gotta, they don't want to be bossed around anymore by government. Well, but they got to get off, Liz. They got to get away from this China compete bill. I had uh, Phil Graham on earlier, sure. Senator Graham. I mean, really, we are going to out China, China. That's the yeah. way we're going to compete with them. I mean, they got to get off that. I agree with you. And it's not necessary that, that one of the versions of the bill, it, I'm not sure. Now they have two different bills and, and Biden appeared to kind of confuse them the other night, which is no surprise. But one of the bills, the America Competes Act, is the one that directs $52 billion towards improving semiconductor manufacturing mm-hmm. uh, here in the United States. What a completely idiotic thing. There are now probably $40 billion committed by Intel and other companies already building plants in the United States. I honestly cannot – For I read – most of the bill. I cannot for the life of me imagine why taxpayers should be funding. This is, I actually looked this up, the most profitable industry on yes. earth in terms yes. of profit margin stuff. What, 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 what are they thinking? And to your point, that's what China does. China directs investment and spending. We should not be doing that. So the trade group is saying private investment in semiconductors, $200 billion has been committed. Yeah. As you as you say, Intel's put up forty billion or whatever. Two hundred billion. All right. So we don't need this bill. I mean it's a crazy idea. And um what was it? Eighteen Republicans voted for it or some such thing, Steve Moore. I mean, this is the GOP at its worst. It is. It's corporate welfare and it's government directed investment that doesn't work. I when I first came to Washington in the early eighties uh, do you remember there was a big debate, Larry, about national industrial policy? Yes. Oh, because sure. With Japan. Japan. With Japan. Yeah, Japan. The MIDI, remember, the uh, whatever that yep. MIDI. Yeah. ITI. Uh, and every, oh, we've got to do what Japan does. And, of course, Reagan did just the opposite. We, we unleashed <laughs> the technology revolution through the free enterprise system and through lower taxes and less regulation. And we're, we're just pounding the rest of the world. And we, we are clearly the technological leader in the world. All right, and we kids. should be the energy leader in the world. Thanks so much. Liz Peek and Steve Moore. I'm Larry Kudlow. Thanks for listening. We will be back next weekend. <laughs> 